Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life choq.com code jesse limited time offer subscription cancelable at any time hey everyone it's ted from consumer cellular the guy in the orange sweater and this is your wake-up call If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Are you being influenced? If you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, then there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE. Or go to timesharejesse.com, Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out.
This is The Jesse Kelly Show. It's Friday. So let me ask you a question. Before we get to the Ask Dr. Jesse Friday questions and everything else, it's going to be an awesome, awesome day. But let's get real here for a second. What is a child? What is an adult? What separates the two? When does that happen? Is it by time? Is it by experience? Is it 100% how you're created? Is it, is it what your society decides? Is it a personal decision? It's something societies, cultures have wrestled with for ages. How many people have you heard about? You know, I love Indian tribes. You know, I love talking about various tribal peoples across the world. They have, they have these oftentimes bizarre-looking to us rites of passage. Have to do this to become a man. Have to do that to become a man. Ancient Sparta. How many times have we talked about them? You know when you were taken away from your parents and sent into military service? Seven years old. Sparta decided it's time. Had enough time with mommy. It's time. Is it experience? Is it, does it have nothing to do with society? Is it simply experience? There are thousands of tragic tales I could tell you right now, and I'm not going to, of 8, 9, 10, 11-year-old kids having to go through a living hell. You hear these stories. We, we did a Holocaust story yesterday. You hear these stories during the Holocaust. Mom, dad, dead, gone. You're 11, 10 years old with three younger siblings. Uh, and there are stories of these children doing things that are jaw-dropping, amazing, brave. Things most adults would not be capable of. But again, what does that mean, adults? Is that, is that child now an adult even though they're not fully grown? Is it simply determined by the law and the states? Here in America, you know what it is. 18. You're not an adult until you're 18. Is that what determines it? We're going to dig into that. Now, before we dig into that, or I should say leading up to digging into that, let's do just a little war in the Pacific story today before we dig into the questions and everything else under the sun. You know about Japan in World War II, because we've talked about it before, but let's, again, go over it again. Adult. What is it to be an adult? What does your society prioritize? Japan was 
fanatical in World War II, and that didn't just happen with the snap of their fingers overnight. That was decades and decades, and you can make the argument centuries of their society prioritizing certain things and making sure they shame other things. I cannot emphasize this point enough because it applies to every nation at every point in time in the history of the world. Cultures will get more of what they incentivize and less of what they shame. Period. End of story. It is 100% true all the time. And Japan, pre-World War II Japan, and for a long time before that, they incentivized self-discipline. Sacrifice for the state, the emperor really. Obedience to your parents. And when I say incentivized, I don't mean it was mentioned to them in passing. I mean drilled into them at home, drilled into them at school. We've talked before about stories of Japanese soldiers going off to fight in World War II and their own mothers, not fathers, Mothers handing them daggers so they can carve out their own living guts instead of surrendering. Now, you can disagree with that, and that's fine. Cultures really disagree with that. Chris and I were talking the other day. We were talking about Jews and how there's a real anti-suicide thing in Judaism. Fine. Cultures are different. Chris would never carve out his living guts. His parents would never give him one because that's not what their culture incentivized. Japan was different, and therefore, you got lots of it. The stories are endless. It wasn't just the kamikaze pilots flying into U.S. Navy ships. Guys grabbing grenades, holding them to their heads. What's the worst cleanup job you've ever had? Carving out your guts. Do you know how painful it is to have something hurt your guts? It's one of the worst places you can get shot because there are so many nerves in there and because of all the acid that breaks down your food and leaks out into your body, it's essentially like getting tortured. Japan was so committed to that way of dying, they would not only do it as a ceremonial thing, they would do it and not show any emotion while they did it, and were so committed to not showing a face of pain, they would have oftentimes a friend standing behind them with a samurai sword to ensure they chopped off their head rather than show weakness and pain. Again, what do you incentivize? Fanatic, fanatic, all the way. And for being frank, You can cringe at it. You can call it barbaric. You can call it weird, and maybe it is. I'm not here to pass judgment on it. Kind of cool, though, right? Right, Chris? Am I crazy? It's kind of cool. Kind of cool. Lead up to World War II, you know the story by now because you listen to my show. 
Japan wanted to expand, Japan modernized, Japan wanted resources, they moved into China, and believe me when I tell you I'm simplifying this big time because we don't have 19 hours today, they moved into China, a lot of the world, including us especially, said get out of China, Japan said no, I don't think I will, the U.S. said oh, okay, well I don't think I'll send you steel, I don't think I'll send you oil anymore, and Japan had virtually none of that. So they decided to commit on a course of action. They were going to invade almost simultaneously all the island chains, even in the vicinity of Japan, and many not even in the vicinity. We're, we're, we forget the large distances over there. They were going to take over these islands while they attacked us, took out our Pacific fleet, take over the islands, dig in, fortify them, and then the Japanese samurai spirit and organizational skills and ability to dig in and get the job done will have them fighting us off. They didn't think they could hold us off forever. That's, a, that's a, something people mistake. They thought Americans were soft and effeminate, and they thought it would be so difficult to take these back that we'd never do it, and we'd just sue for peace. Again, it pays to know who you're facing. Hang on. Jesse Kelly. Simply Safe makes getting a home security system cake. And maybe that's actually bad news for you because let's be honest, there aren't any excuses anymore. That home security system you've been putting off um with no contract starting at $15 a month and no waiting on hold, you can have outstanding professionally monitored home security. There aren't any excuses. None. Go to simplysafe.com. It's this easy. Go to simplysafe.com, pick out what you want, they'll mail it to you. You open up the box, place the sensors, plug it in, and that's all on my life. It doesn't get any easier than that. Get it done. Simplysafe.com slash Jesse. That's simplysafe.com slash Jesse. That gets you free shipping and a 60-day, 60-day risk-free trial. Jesse Kelly. Japan is dug in. We begin our war in the Pacific campaign. As you well know, because you listen to this show, you're pretty boned up on such things. Now, let's give a little overview of what's happening. In the beginning, the Japanese Navy was outstanding. Probably better than ours, to be frank. Now, the United States Navy's performance in World War II is so criminally underrated. Gosh, they were amazing. So even if Japan's was better in the beginning, ours got better quickly. 
but the Japanese Navy had control of the seas over there. There's more than one there's more than one instance where we had to basically drop our guys off on an island and say sorry, goodbye. Not because of cruelty, but because we could not afford to lose an aircraft carrier. That's how you lose a war. But America is amazing. You and I, well, assuming you're American, I understand we have a bunch of foreigners who listen, Chris, but if you're an American, you and I are extremely blessed for a lot of reasons. A lot of reasons, but one of the reasons you're blessed as an American is just a simple macroeconomic thing. Just something like that. You have two gigantic oceans on your border, and you have a country that is not only big, you have a country that has, frankly, an absurd amount of natural resources. Russia, it's a funny thing. Russia... Look at how huge Russia is, several times bigger than the United States of America. And they have natural resources. They don't have that many for how big they are. It's not just the land. It's that we're sitting on a gold mine of everything, gold included. It's awesome. It's awesome. And because of our free market system, We could capitalize on that. So as the war went along, Japan, remember, was cut off from U.S. steel, U.S. oil. They had to try to develop new supply chains from the islands they took over, islands like the Philippines. America, meanwhile, was sitting on a gigantic economic machine. We flipped the switch on it, and now Japan has a, has a battleship sunk, a carrier sunk. It's over, Jack. They're not going to have the time or the resources to replace it. America, we just churn them right out. We had a huge ship damaged in the Battle of Midway. Everybody's heard of the Battle of Midway. They estimated that it was going to take several months once it limped back into port to get it fixed. It was back on the waters in a week. America just does it. And so Japan is now in a fight against time. Time. We begin taking back these islands and taking back these islands. And we get to a place where Japan knows what the situation is. And this is where they are. By 1945, this is how the war is. We are taking back islands. People are dying in droves while they did it. But we take back these islands, and now Japan is making adjustments. They know that the United States of America is going to continue to bomb mainland Japan. They know we're eventually going to invade mainland Japan. And when I say they know it, you need to get this. They had civilian training with bamboo spears so men, women, and children could stab U.S. soldiers if we invaded These people were committed all the way. And their strategy on the islands had changed. You and I have had several talks about what they would do, the bonsai charges. Didn't think things were going well, so let's just just, just take these 500 guys and run right at them. Well, that sounds nice, but it virtually never worked. 
You're going to charge at a bunch of dug-in U.S. Marines? They just mowed them down like grass. The biggest problem the Marines had in some places was the bodies would stack up too high. John Bazalone, on one of the things John Bazalone did, I believe it was the same night he won a Medal of Honor on Guadalcanal, he's mowing people down with the machine gun, and the Japanese dead he'd killed were stacked too high. He couldn't see anymore. He had to run out past the lines and tip over the stacks of bodies. So that's stupid. It doesn't work. Again, sometimes the things your culture incentivizes can really come back to bite you. Bonsai charge. It's it's not 1845. It's 1945. That's not going to work. And Japan, towards the end, it's not that they all of a sudden develop some aversion to suicide or throwing their troops into the maw. They just realized these are not effective. This is not, what are we doing? This is not working. We can't do this. We have to come up with a new strategy. And they'd learned something else about the United States of America. We had gotten really, really, really good at what's called combined arms as we fought the War of the Pacific. And this is what I mean by combined arms. It's not as if we invented this tactic, I should mention. This is something commanders of armies had been doing forever. But with the modern armies we had, we had developed the ability to do things like, okay, there's an island. We want to go take that island. We have all these United States Marines. We want to keep as many of them alive as possible and do this as smart as humanly possible. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to park our gigantic naval ships ships off the shore, and we're going to shell the beach into an absolute moonscape. Then when we're done shelling the beach and the land just passed it, we're going to bring in our airplanes and they're going to drop bombs and napalm and everything else and continue to burn it to the ground. So there'll be hardly anything living by the time the United States Marines hit the shore and they go in and mop things up. Now, that's a very simplistic way to describe it, but that's pretty much it. Well, the Japanese aren't stupid. They'd been blown off the beach enough times by now they knew, okay, that's not going to work. We can't be putting all our people on the beaches. Looks really nice, but then we get blown off the beach in a day, and we're finished. So they had this place called Iwo Jima. Iwo Jima, the Japanese chose to do things differently. Now, remember, all these islands had their own story. There were jungles. There were various places. Iwo Jima looks like it looks like Mordor from Lord of the Rings. You can look. It's obviously a modern thing. You can go visit it today. You're welcome to do the old internet search thing. I tell you to do sometimes for Iwo Jima. It is black volcanic sand, dormant black volcanoes. Rocky, it stinks. You know, that smell of sulfur, kind of like rotten eggs? Well, again, it's a dormant volcano. The island smells like sulfur. It just looks like hell. They called it a nightmare in hell. And the Japanese commander there, he's a man by the name of Kuribayashi. He was extremely capable. He was sent there specifically by Japan Hold it at all costs. And he knew the Japanese weren't stupid by any stretch. They had great generals, great commanders. He knew he wasn't coming home, and he didn't want to deal with the shame of losing Iwo Jima. So Kuribayashi, when he left for Iwo Jima, didn't tell family and friends where he was going. 
Kind of a cool little side story. Because he didn't want to deal with the shame of losing it. But he shows up a year before we actually get to Iwo Jima. And he has troops. He has slave labor, essentially. And they decide to make Iwo Jima an underground fortress. It is funny. With all the advancements man has made in fortifications and things, nobody still does it better than God. I'll explain what I mean. Hang on. You saw the latest news, I'm sure, the latest financial news about inflation. Told you that was coming. I've been talking to you about Gold Alliance for a long time now, and I told you that was coming. There are rules in economics. Economics are not run on good intentions. If you print unbacked currency, which we have done recently by the trillion, there are going to be consequences for that. Do not get financially destroyed for the government's mismanagement. You need a gold IRA. You just need to diversify a bit. Go to goldalliance.com slash jesse and see what I mean. And Gold Alliance is an established, trusted company with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Goldalliance.com slash jesse. That's goldalliance.com slash jesse. Go there today. Protect your finances. If you had to build the perfect situation for an island fortress, you would build Iwo Jima. It's not just the rock. It's the type of rock. It's the type of sand. And Japan had time. They knew we were going to want to take this eventually, and I'll get to why here in just a second. So what they built was a tunnel system. And this is difficult to wrap your mind around, and I will visit this in person one day. I actually had an opportunity to at one point, and I didn't, and I'm so mad at myself about it. They built... 16 miles of underground tunnels across Iwo Jima. Interconnected tunnels. They built artillery pieces behind shields that that could be opened. You would crank the shield door open, pull out the artillery, shoot it, pull it back inside and close it. Again, keeping in mind there were American boys dying on the, on, the, on the other end of that. That's really cool. They went all in. And they had rail lines through these so you can move ammunition and men quickly from this point to that point because you don't know where they're going It's not just that the island was built for this. It's the Japanese were so good at it. They were so good at that. And, you know, the Japanese are so detailed anyway. They went all in. This Kuribayashi guy was capable. So why did the Japanese go all in? Keep in mind, not only did they have 16 miles of tunnels, they had 22,000 men there. 
They knew they had to keep this thing. And here's why. A lot of people know about the B-17 flying fortresses of Europe. As you should. Incredible story. Incredibly brave men who flew in those. Remember who flew in those. Remember the 8th Air Force? Those guys bombing Germany? The 8th Air Force in World War II lost more men than the United States Marine Corps lost. If you have never done a dig into it, maybe we need to dig into it one of these times. If you've never dug into how absolutely horrifying those flights over Germany were, it's worth your time. It's incredible. It's shoot. Chris, I want you to look this up so I can give him a proper plug. There's a show, a special on HBO that does a great overview of this. I think it's called Into the Blue or the or the Clear Blue. It's about the 8th Air Force in World War II. I'll get you the name of it in just a second. I believe it's on HBO. Chris, I already got it. Nicely done, Chris. Cold Blue. The show, highly, highly recommend. And you can watch it with your kids. I made mine watch it. They get mad. <laughs> anyway, besides the point, we we moved on past the B-17s. And we now have these things called B-29 super fortresses. They were these awesome, awesome bombers with long range. And we, by now, before we'd taken Iwo Jima, we had the ability to bomb mainland Japan. But that came with a major, major problem. It's a long way from the islands we held to mainland Japan. Japan was not stupid. They had radars set up in several places, mainly Iwo Jima, and they would give the Japanese mainland a two-hour heads-up that our B-29s were coming. That is death. The B-29s are flying into an area where the people had already taken cover and the anti-aircraft weapons are just sitting there waiting on them. Because the radar will not only, it not only tells you where they are, the Japanese are not dumb, they know the airspeed, you know to the minute when they're going to show up. You're just sitting there with your finger on the trigger. And we were losing, we would lose 25% of what we sent out Every single time. That's staggering. And oftentimes, the plane would be so wounded, we'd lose it trying to fly back over just vast, vast sums of ocean. We have, to this day, a lot of American bones at the bottom of the Pacific. It just couldn't make it back. Iwo Jima was the place that would change all that. Knock out the Japanese radar at Iwo Jima. Iwo Jima was also big enough to have an airstrip where the B-29s could take off and land, taking away the ability for the Japanese to get a heads up, get our guys in and out. It was critical. And what we wanted at this point, we wanted to do to Japan what we had done to Germany, fly up our bombers and bomb them into a fine powder until they say enough is enough. And we knew we weren't dumb. We knew by now what it was going to take. So we had to have these airfields. Japan knew it too. It comes time to land on Iwo Jima. The Japanese have a new plan. They're not going to start shooting our guys when we land on the beach. You see, remember when I told you they had time to prepare? They had already zeroed in the artillery guns they had on the island to specific places. They knew where the shots would hit. 
So tell me, this isn't a little creepy. Kuribayashi watched as our troops landed, and he just sat and watched them all land. They didn't know he was watching them. He wanted to wait until the second and third waves and fourth waves were landing to maximize casualties when he started firing artillery shells. The, be- the Marines land on the beach and look around and think, this is great. There's nobody here. And the whole time, the Japanese man in charge is just watching, waiting. And eventually the Japanese did open up with those prepared artillery rounds. And it was supposed to be the worst scene ever. Guys who had fought in other islands in the Pacific said Iwo Jima was worse than all of them combined. I, you get There are stories throughout history of artillery shells landing in a group of 50 men and all 50 of them having their dog tags being all that's buried. An artillery shell, if you've never heard one go off near you, and I've had the unfortunate pleasure of that, it is not something you forget. It lands in you, well, you're not going to feel anything, I'll tell you that much. And our guys start fighting our way into the island. And this fighting is difficult because not only had we learned how the Japanese fought, they had learned how we fought, and again, time to prepare. So what they would do time and again... The tunnel system made them essentially like gophers. They would pop up behind our guys all the time. You would take a little hill. You would take a little portion of land, and you fight everyone off, and you think you're fine, and boom, they're popping up behind you, shooting you in the back. You couldn't see them, and we're having to dig them out of these concrete pillboxes and tunnels And there's a reason. I believe there were 27. I may have that number wrong. I know it was in the 20s. 27 medals of honor handed out at Iwo Jima. It just required such absurd levels of bravery, of throwing yourself at pillboxes. And guys would have to carry flamethrowers. This is when the flamethrower really came into its own. And these pillboxes, these tunnels, would have ventilation shafts. You can't just dig a big hole in the ground. You have to get a ventilation shaft. And we'd stick our flamethrowers in the ventilation shaft and cook everyone out of the thing. Only the problem is when you carry a flamethrower, guess what you got on your back? A big old flame bomb, and you're getting shot at a lot. And American guys died like that. And we were taking such heavy casualties. Get this little tidbit. Did you know the Joint Chiefs of Staff approved the use of poison gas on Iwo Jima? And the only reason we weren't dropping gas bombs on the Japanese was Franklin Delano Roosevelt said, no, we can't do that. It was that bad there. Hang on. It's so nice to feel good again, to feel clear-headed. You see, when I was a kid, I used to sleep like a baby every single night. Most of my life, sleep like a baby. 
And then I don't know what happened. Got into my 30s, and I just started thinking about more things when I would go to bed. It's not that I was stressed out, didn't have anxiety, but I lay down, and I just, my mind's still going. And how do you attack that? You can try to cover it up with sleeping pills, drinking alcohol, whatever the case may be, but that's just, that's not a solution. That's terrible for you. Go get an ebb sleep. It gives you natural sleep. It's a wearable device that targets those racing thoughts that are keeping you awake. Go to tryeb.com slash jesse. That's tryebb.com slash jesse. Don't forget to use the promo code jesse at checkout. Get 25 bucks off. It is an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. You are welcome to email in jesse at jessekellyshow.com. That's jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Or you can call 877-377-4373 with your questions. We'll take some phone calls today. Iwo Jima's ugly. Oh, and I should mention, it wasn't just handheld flamethrowers. We had flamethrowing tanks, which is sweet, and we'd shoot them down into the caves and tunnels. A lot of Japanese dudes were burned alive during this thing and still did it without major units surrendering. None of them. And we buried a lot of people alive because remember how I told you they would pop up behind us and things. The Japanese were also, they took orders very, very seriously and the lack of orders very, very seriously. And if you're a one, two, three, four, five man team in a pillbox or something and you're surrounded and you don't know what to do, sometimes you would just hunker down there. And sometimes the easiest way for us to get them out is with bulldozers. We would take a bulldozer and simply bulldoze the pillbox into a gigantic pile with them dying inside. Now, what is a child? What decides it? You know we do Medal of Honor Monday here where we read the Medal of Honor citation of various American heroes. Here's a Medal of Honor citation from Iwo Jima, 1st Battalion, 5th Marines. His name was Jack Lucas. The President of the United States and the name of Congress takes pleasure in presenting the Medal of Honor to Private First Class Jacqueline Harold Lucas, United States Marine Corps Reserve, for conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity at the risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty while serving with Company C, 1st Battalion, 26th Marines, 5th Marine Division during action against enemy Japanese forces on Iwo Jima, Volcano Islands, 20th of February, 1945. While creeping through a treacherous, twisting ravine which ran in close proximity to a fluid and uncertain front line on D-Day plus one, Private First Class Lucas and three other men were suddenly ambushed by a hostile patrol which savagely attacked with rifle fire and grenades. 
quick to act when the lives of, of the small group were endangered by two grenades which landed directly in front of them. Private First Class Lucas unhesitatingly hurled himself over his comrades upon one grenade and pulled the other under him, absorbing the whole blasting forces of the explosions in his own body in order to shield his companions from the concussion and murderous flying fragments. By his inspiring action and valiant spirit of self-sacrifice, he not only protected his comrades from certain injury or possible death, but also enabled them to rout the Japanese patrol and continue the advance. His exceptionally courageous initiative and loyalty reflect the highest credit upon Private First Class Lucas and the United States Naval Service. Private First Class Lucas was 17 years old when he jumped over his comrades on not one, but two grenades. He jumped on one and grabbed the other and pulled it to him. Try to imagine what's going through your mind at 17 when you are so absurdly brave, you dive on one and see another and think, you know what, I'll take that one too. My buddies are going to live. Don't tell me anymore. That this, quote, child in Wisconsin who murked those two Antifa guys is a child. Stop using that. 17-year-old men have been the sword and shield of societies for centuries since time began. I understand we like to consider ourselves modern and sophisticated and beyond all that. And, of course, mommies raise everybody now because men are just so emasculated in this daggone society. I don't care. 17-year-olds had children, multiple children, in the old days. I understand you haven't reached full maturity yet physical or mental by the time you're 17, but I am so sick of this crap I see out there People condemning this kid in Wisconsin for picking up a weapon and going to stand a post to stop these scumbags from looting and burning and rioting in American cities. And no, I don't know the details of each and every one of those shoots. And maybe he didn't do everything lawful. And maybe he should go to prison. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is this. Somebody had to step up and do something. If you're mad that a 17-year-old had to, then why didn't you? And I say, that's his job. Young men in this society have the same duty that young men in societies have had forever. They are the protectors of society. Stop sitting on the sidelines, chirping at the doers. Hang on. Battle Box is like my birthday every single month. I remember when I first got the subscription, my wife sees me opening up the box with the boys and she's just shaking her head at us, right? Because it's, it's adventure stuff. It's outdoor stuff. It's survival stuff. 
Stuff that will help me live through certain things. Stuff to help me survive an intruder in the home. She's looking and she's shaking her head with that smile on her face. Guess who looks forward to it now every single month? Yeah, she does too. It is fun for the entire family. And you can get a BattleBox subscription where they will mail you a new box of new things every single month. You can get a BattleBox subscription starting for as little as $30 a month. And I'm going to save you some money. If you go to BattleBox.com with no E, that's BattleBox.com, no E, and use the code JESSE, you can save 20%. I should mention, unlike most of the jump on a grenade Medal of Honor citations, Jack Lucas lived. Only one of the two grenades went off, which is the only reason he lived. Obviously, he was a bit wounded after that one went off. Lived the rest of his life with 200 uh, uh, pieces of shrapnel in his body. Lived to the lived till 2008. He would repeatedly set off metal detectors. But Jack Lucas didn't sit around at 17 saying, well, I mean, I'm, I guess, I guess I'm just a kid. Mommy, can I have a juice box before I go outside? Is it safe? Jack Lucas signed up for the United States Marine Corps to go shoot Japanese soldiers in the face at 17. Stop telling me 17-year-old is a child only in your mind. Jesse Kelly returns next. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Remember, Jack Lucas didn't sign up to the Marine for the Marine Corps when he was 17. He signed up when he was 14. Stop telling me about children. Just because you want to keep them children, don't make it so. Chris, see, Chris sends me these things that are absolutely inappropriate, and I don't support them at all, I should say. 1967 Polish mercenary Rafał Ganowitz, when asked what it felt like to take human life, said, quote, I wouldn't know. I've only ever killed communists. <laughs> what, Chris? I didn't say I was supporting it. I said it's funny. Gosh, not a big deal. <laughs> All right. It's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Let's lighten the mood, Chris. This guy says, why don't you give Chris, the producer, a microphone 
so he can give his input every once in a while. I'm starting to think he's fake and you're some whack job. You know, I will tell you, I've considered giving Chris a microphone before. And then I was like, well, why would I do that? Chris sucks. <laughs> you're never going to hear. You're never, ever, ever going to hear Chris's voice on the show. Ever. It's terrible anyway. It's so high and nasally. Almost sounds like, almost sounds like, I want you to imagine like the, the uh, I want you to imagine like a little girl inhaled one of those helium balloons. Imagine Mike Tyson inhales a helium balloon. That's very similar. What, Chris? That's very similar to what Chris's voice sounds like. I've actually asked him, instead of talking to me, to write things down and pass me notes just because the sound of his voice is so distractingly bad, I feel like it drags the show down because it puts me in a bad mood. Dr. Jesse. Well, actually, more specifically, this person says, good morning, Minister of Culture Kelly. See, Chris? I'm very cultured. Your dream day of eating. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, what would it be? That's heavy, Chris. What are you looking at me like that for? It is heavy. That's difficult to decide. Yes, it is. All right. For breakfast. Breakfast is definitely going to be, ooh, here's what I would do. I would take some hash browns, and I would start frying up some hash browns in a pan, only I would have diced jalapenos, and probably, I've told you about this before, that Frank's Buffalo Ranch seasoning. I don't mean I don't mean uh, uh, hot sauce. I mean they have seasoning now. <laughs> Quit sneering at things you know nothing about, idiot. Just try it, Chris. Trust me. Anyway, I'm going to dice up jalapenos and get my Frank's Red Hot Buffalo Ranch seasoning in the hash browns and dice it all up and start to let those hash browns crisp up a bit. I'm going to pull out some eggs. I'm going to pull out some sausage, and I'm going to crumble up the sausage and fry it up in a pan next to it, next to the browns. When the browns are done, I'm going to dump them in a bowl, not a plate, a bowl. I cannot emphasize that enough because you got to make the eggs still. I'm going to dump the browns in a bowl. I'm going to take the sausage, the crumbled up sausage. I'm going to dump it on top of the browns. I then am immediately... You have to do this immediately. I cannot stress this point enough. I'm going to dump a big old pile of shredded cheese on top of all that. And then I'm going to take aluminum foil and put it over the top of the bowl. If it sounds like I've done this before, it's because I have. Put in the hash browns and sausage immediately. Cheese on. Foil over the bowl. Then I'm going to drop two or three eggs, fried eggs, in the pan, in the sausage grease with a little butter added to it. At the same time, I'm going to plunge down two pieces of toast. I'm going to fry up the eggs over easy. Not over hard, over easy. You're going to want that yolk here in a second. 
toast pops up. I'm going to take my butter, which has been sitting out, not in the fridge. We have one of the little butter trays where we always have a stick of butter out so it's soft and it's spreadable. Toast pops up, spread the butter on again immediately. Why do you do this immediately? So the butter melts into the toast. Not that there's anything wrong with cold butter, but it's better if it's all melty and liquidy and it filters down into the various little toast holes. Eggs are done. Rip the foil off. Take the eggs, your fried eggs, two or three, drop, drop them on, on top of the now melty cheese and hash brown pile. And it's melty because you put the cheese on immediately and covered it in foil, trapping the heat inside, melting the cheese. Take your eggs, take your little plate of buttered toast, take a big old glass of orange juice because what is better than orange juice? Over to your table. Now this part, I'm going to be frank with you. I'm looking you in the eye here. This part is going to turn some people off. Because there are people out there who, they're built differently than me. Maybe go for what looks good than me. Maybe go for style a little more than I do. You're going to be staring at this and you're going to want to just start picking at it. No. Take that fork in your hand or spoon if you're just an animal. Totally support that. Take the fork in your hand and that gigantic bowl of egg, cheese, sausage, hash brown, jalapeno deliciousness. Start chopping and mixing, Jack. Mix it all up. Let that yolk soak all through everything. Let the melty cheese filter all through everything until you have a gigantic bowl of what looks like whale vomit. And it's going to be spectacular. Sit back, enjoy, bite of egg, bite of buttery toast, just enjoy. Now, that is a breakfast. I've got my mouth is watering now, Chris. I made my own mouth water. That's how you know what you're doing. Lunch. I struggled with lunch. And here's why I'm having such a hard time with this. Granted, I'm doing this on the fly. I struggle with lunch because I know I want to mix in a cheeseburger at some point because my burger, my perfect burger, maybe I'll give out the, shut up, Chris, my world famous perfect burger. Maybe I'll give out the recipe again today. It is, it has to be on the menu. My own cheeseburger is probably the best thing I've ever eaten. But I really want some chicken wings on there, too. I'm a chicken wing man. Are you a chicken wing man, Chris? Me, too. I love a good wing. A good wing paired with some blue cheese and some garlic bread to sop up all the all the blue cheese buffalo sauce mixture. Gosh, that sounds good. We need to get wings today, Chris. So I want to mix in some wings into my day, but a cheeseburger's got to come. Cheeseburger, I'll describe to you my world-famous burger recipe later. Cheeseburger is going to be for lunch. Cheeseburger with curly fries. Not regular fries, seasoned curly fries like Arby's or Jack in the Box, wherever it may be. Or make them at home, seasoned curlies. Man, I'm, 
I think I actually have some seasoned curlies at home in the deep freezer. This is the problem with the deep freezer, Chris. Somebody needs to come up with some sort of system where you can remember what's in the bottom of it. Think how much stuff's in the bottom of it you don't know. Is that what it's called a list? I guess that would make sense. Dang it. I'm glad I'm glad I thought of that. Hang on. Ebb sleep gives you natural sleep. And I am not pointing fingers at you. I've done it. But sleeping pills, I don't care how good they are, are not natural sleep. Your body and your mind need natural sleep. That's how your body was made. Ebb sleep gives you that. It's not pills. It's not a pillow. It's not a mouthpiece. It's a wearable device. You put it on your head. It applies precise, continuous cooling to your forehead, putting you asleep faster and keeping you asleep. That might be the best part of it. It's not just that you go out, you stay out. You know what it's like to wake up after eight hours of solid sleep? It is incredible. Go to tryeb.com slash jesse. That's tryebb.com slash jesse. Don't forget to enter the code jesse at checkout for 25 bucks off. Listen, Gaffney. The Jesse Kelly Show. I'm not going to lie. I'm struggling with dinner. Now, this is where I'm struggling. A great mac and cheese, like craft, that's going to be on the side. There's no question. I know we're having a side of mac and cheese. That's already done. Done. Signed, sealed, delivered. I'm struggling with the meat. My instinct is to say steak. Some sort of outstanding steak. See, you're shaking your head too. I'll tell you, Chris, I'm not, I don't feel great about it either. I feel like there's some piece of meat out there I'm missing. And I love steak. I'm not anti, I won't be painted as anti steak. What am I missing? He said steak and chicken wings are good, but not great. You know, I will disagree on a steak. You remember that fancy steak I had? That, that, you know what? I take that back. I've got it. Well, no, I don't want fancy steak. See, it's it's tough. It's I think maybe maybe now. Obviously, let's. I may just go into cardiac arrest. What about chicken fried steak with your mac and cheese and a sausage gravy on top? Quit shaking your head. Have you ever have you never had chicken fried steak? Maybe a for dessert. Maybe a bananas Foster. Tapioca pudding. You don't like bananas foster? What's wrong? Is this? Are you allowed to eat bananas foster? I can't tell what you people are allowed to eat. Bananas foster is outstanding. Oh, gosh. Maybe a, a creamy brulee. 
pie or cobbler would probably have to be in there somewhere. My wife makes a berry cobbler with homemade vanilla ice cream. It is the best thing you've ever eaten in your life. I scald. I, I do two things with it. One, I scald my mouth on it every time because she pulls it out and she said, you have to wait like 10 or 15 minutes and I can't wait and it smells good. Instead of the normal top, she puts a sugar cookie top on it, which gives it a little something extra. And she makes, ho- you know how good homemade vanilla ice cream is. You don't even need anything else with that. She makes homemade vanilla ice cream at the same time. I'll eat a meal. She'll make this for me for Father's Day, birthday, whatever it is. I'll eat a meal, and then I'll sit down and eat so much cobbler because I put the ice cream right on it, let the ice cream melt down. I've made myself physically ill on it more times than I can count. And I I can't express to you how amazing that is because I do not get physically ill as far as stomach problems go. You know, we've had this talk before. I don't get air sick, boat sick. I don't really get nauseous for anything. When I was young and stupid, I don't throw up when I had too much to drink. I just, that's not the way my stomach works. My stomach's fine like that. So probably that would be my perfect day of food, Chris. Be my perfect day of food. Don't argue with me. Dr. Jesse. What's your honest take on us getting a Pinochet here? All right. right, We did a show on Pinochet. It's one of the most popular shows we've ever done about the, about what happened in Chile, about the, what was called the caravan of death. Not going to go over it all again today. The communists took over Chile, Chile. It was of course the disaster that communism is everywhere. A general by the name of Pinochet rises up, is basically appointed, takes back the country from the communists, essentially makes himself a dictator, and murders a lot of communists in the process. I don't just mean on the battlefield. I mean showing up at prison camps where they were holding communists, throwing them in the back of helicopters, flying over the mountains, and throwing them out of the helicopters. One famous singer, his name escapes me. He was this communist guy that wrote all these communist songs down there. They tortured him too. Lots of it. Broke his hands and made him play the guitar with broken... I mean, ugly, ugly stuff. Now, you can can say they're communists. They're not really people, and that's funny. It is. I mean, but it's... They're still people... My argument has been this. You don't want that. But, and there's a big but, if we do not make more of a commitment to stop this commie domestic terrorism that's happening in our streets, I mean Black Lives Matter and Antifa, if we do not stop it now, I'm telling you for a fact we are going to get somebody like that eventually on the right. And it's not Donald Trump. Spare me your emails and phone calls. Leadership vacuums get filled. People will find protection. And the more radicalized and violent the left becomes, the more radicalized and violent the right will become in response. It is a fact. The reason I've been preaching so hard to the right 
about stopping this stuff now is because I know what comes after and it's ugly. And the right can't seem to do it. I've seen people I know, people I respect on the right over the past couple of days, crushing that 17-year-old guy, Kyle, for killing a couple of Antifa guys in Wisconsin. If you're uncomfortable with violence, I get that. That's fine. You probably should be. But that is peak, peak GOP. To watch domestic terrorists burn down American cities for months, loot, burn, murder with impunity, and finally have somebody actually do something about it and step up and say, oh, I don't like that. We should just, let's put out a memo instead. The commies, will, they'll read our think piece. I'm going to do a think piece for, for so-and-so magazine, and that's what will change the, these minds. Have you seen these people? We had a United States senator last night after the RNC convention shut down, Rand Paul and his wife, surrounded with a police escort and assaulted, leaving the RNC convention. These people are violent like all leftists are. You stop them early so you don't have to stop them late. Because stopping them late looks much different than stopping them early. I don't want... Pinochet in charge of this place. But I'm telling you, we're going to get Pinochet in charge of this place one day if we don't stop this stuff now. Societies seek safety. Societies seek balance. There's going to be a response. You can can hate that all day long. The history of the world proves I'm right. There's a response. And the response to putting down commies inside your border is almost universally been an ugly, violent one because they don't take care of the problem early. Ever heard of Night of the Long Knives? Look it up. That's a young man by the name of Adolf Hitler deciding he's had about enough of the communists within his borders. And that ended really, really ugly. You don't want that here. Even if that sounds good sometimes and you hate these people and things like that. You don't want that here. You don't. It's true. All right. We gotta lighten these things up. Somebody said, <laughs> "Doctor Jesse, am I too old to wear short dresses?" You know, we're gonna address that. Hang on. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen. 
and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Part-time job, full-time hustle, all-time Shiro to all of us. You nurture, we listen. You teach, we thrive. You lift our spirits, but we've got to lay down the truth. It's time for you, our Shiro, to stretch for the stars. Start saving more for retirement now so you can feel prepared and live your life to the fullest. Get free tips to help boost your retirement savings now at aceyourretirement.org Shiro. A message brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Joining me now, as he often does, from Breitbart.com, the Cartel Chronicles, Brandon Darby. Brandon, you posted something yesterday about a female leader of the Zetas Cartel. And I've seen more than one female leader down there. And I need you to explain this to me because I thought this Latin culture was an extremely macho, male-dominated culture. How does a woman ever rise to the top of it? Well, there's a couple of ways um, uh, that that are actually things that happen in our country too. You know, there's there's a couple of them that uh, begin to have an affair with a powerful man, um, and uh, and that's one way. Um, if the if the woman has an affair with a powerful man, and then also couples that with brutality and and going after people, um, but but the usual way. Is uh, is through just sheer violence and cruelty. You know, they, they, the way that people are are honored there. It has. That's why you see these videos, and like you know, one day you'll see videos of of uh, people being skinned alive, and the next day you see them, you know, hacking them with a saw or a hatchet in, in Mexico and, and hacking their enemies. And um, that's why they do that is because the more brutal they are, the more like fear they generate from people and then the higher they rise in the ranks hold on in the cartel there are videos of people being skinned alive why do they make a video of that what do they do with it well they they want it disseminated to uh what's kind of a weird situation because back in the past and in the recent past they would disseminate it in mexico on social media so that people would know not to mess with them. Now that there's a U.S. audience for what's happening with cartels, uh, since I, I think our project had a lot to do with that, our Cartel Chronicles, uh, now that there's a U.S. audience, it causes them problems when, when those videos get out, right? So it, it's starting to change the way that cartels operate in Mexico because if those videos get out in Mexico, everyone's afraid of them and it, it serves its purpose. If those videos get out to U.S. voters um, and to U.S. politicians, well, then it causes political heat and uh, and Mexico ends up going after these people because it humiliates Mexico that these people can do this with impunity. So so now uh, you're, you're seeing less of this shocking stuff than you would have saw a decade ago simply because uh, it affects the politics in the U.S. now, which affects the diplomacy, which affects the way that Mexico treats these people. 
is that helping things, or are they still doing all the same things? Or they're just not broadcasting. Uh, it, uh, it still gets somewhat broadcast. Usually now, when there's a when there's a video like that that comes out, it it's um, it's from parts of Mexico where people haven't caught on. They're not as politically savvy. They don't realize that it's causing them problems. So usually, instead of being a video that comes from the border. It'll be a video that comes from a cartel in Guerrero or in somewhere in central Mexico, you know, somewhere down further south away from our border where they're, they're, still, um, they're still caught in the old ways of thinking and they don't realize that, you know, they feel like they're immune from, from U.S. interests because they're not on the border with Texas or on the border with Arizona. Um, so you, you'll still have that. But usually when, when a, a video like that is found, it's because it was on somebody's cell phone uh, who got arrested by police. And then some police officer leaks the video or some politician in Mexico who had access to it leaks the video or, you know, what have you. Um, or some bad guy will decide, hey, like, I, I want to be the boss or this boss is a jerk. So I'm going to leak this video and get this guy in trouble. But the reason they take the video is because they're sick. Uh, it, the type of people who would chop someone alive up with a hatchet are also tend to be the type of people who want to take a video of them chopping up someone with a hatchet, you know, and, and that's what we're dealing with. You know, we're dealing with uh, cartels that are, you know, half of the people involved are, you know, largely comprised of young men who probably would rather not be doing that, but they, you know, uh, they would rather not be in the cartel that is because they, you know, they're extremely poor. Their moms don't have medicine. They're, I mean, the horrible, horrible level of poverty. And then somebody comes along and says, hey, nobody respects you. Your mom doesn't have medicine. Your family barely has food. Um, come work with me and I'll give you $500 a week and a truck and a gun. And no one will ever mess with you again. And we'll take care of your mom. And they're like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. But the other half of the people in the cartels are like just heinous people who want to chop up people with uh with hatchets you know and uh that's the trick is is um is uh trying to figure out which ones are which brandon walk me through i mean that's such a level of evil that it's difficult for anybody really to put their self in that mindset but obviously somebody didn't wasn't born with a hatchet in his hand wanting to chop people up. How does how does one become that in the Mexican cartel? How do you find yourself one day taking a hatchet to a live human being and enjoying it? Well, I, I think that that I, I can't really answer that. I think a lot of cocaine and uh, having you know been involved in murders and killings and brutality since you were very young probably has something to do with why there's so many adults who do that there. Um, I just realized I kind of sounded like Obama talking about Hezbollah or Hamas, you know, when I, when I got into why so many young men go in that direction because of economic issues or whatever. But the difference between me and a liberal on this is that I don't think the solution is to provide jobs and, and uh, for these young men, right? I think that is a part of a solution but I think we also need to go in and bust their butts and bust their heads when, when they're behaving that way and they're pumping dope and killing people on our border. I think that, that we need to have a very strong response to them 
in addition to more long-term solutions, which are realizing why so many young men get caught up in that stuff in the first place, right? Um, but but I think cocaine and methamphetamine um, and uh, and having just been exposed to it their whole lives, you know, like like we can't imagine. That's why when people say like, oh, well, these guys coming from El Salvador are 14 or 16, they're just kids. And it's like 14 and 16 is not just the kid in El Salvador. Like the stuff that those people have seen and endured and lived through their entire lives, the level of murder and, and not only just murder, but but the types of murders, right? The types of violence these guys have seen their whole lives. Uh, it's not the same thing as a, as a suburban 14-year-old in the U.S. that's gone to church every Wednesday night and Sunday morning. You know, it's a very different situation uh, with what people have been exposed to. And just like with, with any animal, uh, in, whether it's humans or any mammal, right, whether it's humans or anything, like when you expose us to, when you expose us to really bad things from a very early age, like we have a greater tendency not, you know, to, to become those bad things. And, um, and it, it, that's, you know, that's the reality that we're dealing with south of our border. And, and a lot of those people are able to operate in our country as well. They, they keep it toned down in our country because they know that the U.S. system will come after them and they can't get out of the U.S. system very easily like they can in Mexico. But, but that is the reality of what's going on there. Brandon, and when we, if you can stay today, that's fine. If not, that's fine too. But I do want to. I, I would love to. Good, because I want your thoughts on. I, obviously, everybody knows about your background with the Occupy Wall Street people, and you you've come on the show before and told us several times that these Antifa people are the same people. They just moved and changed names. It's the same people, and we're seeing this violence now. We got dead people in Wisconsin, dead Antifa people this time. We have Rand Paul surrounded last night with his wife assaulting a police officer in front of him. I want to talk to you just a little bit about Antifa and whatnot, but we're going to do that on the other side of the break with Brandon Darby, Breitbart.com. We will be right back. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. My Battle Box subscription is actually teaching me things. And I'll be frank, I wasn't expecting that. I just wanted some cool stuff. You see, what they do is every single month they send you a Battle Box, and it's just a box full of all kinds of Outdoor gear, survival gear, survive an intruder, survive a natural uh, natural disaster. I have a hatchet. I have a tarp. I have flashlights. I have a biodegradable grill. And I just got it for fun. I just wanted that fun stuff. But they do a show, Southern Survival, the Battle Box guys, and they teach you how to use these things. And instructions are in the box. I'm finding myself learning a lot of things I didn't know. Things that might save my life one day. Or the life of somebody I love. Go to BattleBox.com with no E. That's BattleBox.com with no E. Don't forget to use the code JESSE at checkout. That actually saves you 20%.
Brandon Darby, Cartel Chronicles on the line, Breitbart.com. Brandon, you see this violence all over the place. And the question I keep getting asked from people is, does this stop after the election? Does this stop if Trump wins? Does this stop if Biden wins? And I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment. This seems like it's the new normal now. It seems like people have simply accepted that this is what we have, which sucks. But is it? Are these people ever done? Are they ever gone? How do you stop this crap? Well, this stuff stops when people don't allow it any longer. This stuff stops when when various levels of government don't allow it any longer. So some places, like if you go to Portland and you look at the number of people in city leadership who are supportive of those protesters uh, behaving the way they're behaving, <clears throat> they might say they're not, but they're supportive of them. And you can't separate those protesters and the behavior. Um, regardless of how much you want to try to, right? That's uh, probably not going to stop there. But I mean, if, if they, you know, if they bring that to Lubbock, it, it's going to stop real fast, right? And uh, if they, if they, you know, if I were Rand Paul last night with my family and that started happening, like we would have had a problem possibly. I might've felt like my life was threatened and, and there would at least be a few people on the jury who would agree with me that my life was, that they would have felt like their life was, was threatened as well. So, so that's how that stuff stops. <clears throat> it doesn't stop by kids or young men who are 17, you know, taking a rifle and driving across the country. Don't do all that. Like, I, I don't think that's a good idea at all. I don't think it's a good idea to, to go and, uh, engage in the unsolicited protection of other people's property uh, in cities far away. I, I don't advocate for that. I don't. I think that's going to lead to a bad thing, and it's going to turn into a deal where far, you know, far left youth and 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 young adults are going to the street, and then far left right wingers are going to the street and shooting each other. I don't want to see all that. But um, like full stop. In addition, I think that people protecting their homes and their property is ultimately what's going to stop this kind of violence. People who don't allow, you know, like I don't let people touch me and I don't let people get within three feet of me when, when if they're angry and screaming and they get an arm's length of me, I'm going to react to that person. And I think that the more people begin to do that, the more that this violence and insanity and intimidation affects normal Working Americans, normal men who are walking with their kids or their families downtown um, to go shopping or get ice cream. I think that that's when this stuff starts stopping. I think that the more it impacts normal people, the more normal people are going to defend themselves in their homes and their businesses. And I think it's going to start changing the equation. Uh, but again, don't take that as me saying, and I'm sure some fact checker from media matters listening is going to go brandon's advocating for people to go shoot pro no i'm not i'm advocating for people to protect themselves their homes their businesses and their families and i think that that's when this stops what obligation or what what is it you know let's just go to that story specifically kyle 17 year old man kid it's actually what we were talking about at the beginning of the show today i think kid is absurd to call a 17 year old that is especially for our society but that's another story what is wrong with the young men of a society 
deciding they've had enough of watching the left tear apart their society and doing something about it. I'm not, I, I, again, I, just like you, I'm not saying drive. I'm not saying just go start mowing people down. But you want to go stand guard so they can't burn down a business as a young man. What is wrong with that? Even if it's not yours. Well, I, I don't know that anything's wrong with with going and trying to stop people from destroying cities. Um, <clears throat> I think that that not leaving it to the property owners to do that or to request the help from you. I think that that is how we go in a direction of civil war. I think that that's where we, you know, not that we're going to have two opposing armies that are meeting in, you know, uh, battlefields across the, the country or going at Gettysburg again or something. Um, but I do think that we will have regional uh, conflicts like we're seeing um, that are probably a little more widespread than what we're seeing uh, if we if we behave that way. I think we have to trust Americans. Um, I think we have to trust American communities to protect themselves and and request help when when it's necessary and not just all of us start showing up. I, I don't think it's a good idea. Do I think anything's morally wrong with it? No. I, in concept, I don't. Uh, do I think it could lead to some really bad things? Yes, I do. Um, uh, yeah, I really do. But I definitely think maybe at 17, I don't even know the legality of that. Like maybe, maybe that is not the best. Um, maybe that's not the best scenario, you know, that could, could go on. So I don't know. I'm not, I actually, you know, I listen to people talk about the 17 year old and they're like, he's a killer. He's a gunman. And I'm like, I'm not so sure of that. He may be, I, I haven't looked at all of the evidence, but it may be possible that he went there to protect the city and, and do what he thought was right. He was obviously cleaning buildings and had a med kit with him. And I don't know. And it may be possible that each of the actual situations were legitimate situations of self-defense. I'm not sure. You know, Uh, I don't know all the facts, but but I can tell you that people protecting themselves, their space, their families, their homes, their businesses will bring an end to this. Brandon Darby, Breitbart.com. Outstanding as always, my man. Appreciate you. Thank you. Right back. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Part-time job, full-time hustle, all-time Shiro to all of us. You nurture, we listen. You teach, we thrive. You lift our spirits, but we've got to lay down the truth. It's time for you, our Shiro, to stretch for the stars. Start saving more for retirement now so you can feel prepared and live your life to the fullest. Get free tips to help boost your retirement savings now at aceyourretirement.org slash Shiro. A message brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.
talk to Jesse. Rank for me the American generals. I've had this one before. And I'm not sure how to answer it. Obviously, Patton is my guy. I'm a Patton guy because I like I like Patton's philosophy. Aggressive, always moving forward, speed, kills, keep the enemy on his heels, speed at all times. Everything is built for speed. I like that. However, generals are a funny thing. Some are good at some things and bad at others. The Germans, you've heard me tell you before, they ranked up their opposing generals, the ones they, they were against, but they didn't rank them, you know, this is the best general and this is the worst. They ranked them according to certain things. Patton, in their mind, was the best attacking general they ever faced. But Patton, probably not the best peacetime general. Hang on. Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. The greatest general's thing. I'll tell you, I need to sit down and do a list. But again, if you're going all the way back to the beginning, obviously Washington's going to be on that list. We went over that before. That's not even a I just love George Washington thing. He perfected one of the most difficult things to do in the military, and that is the orderly withdrawal. It is very, very, very difficult to pull off, keep your men together, keep their wits about them, keep from getting annihilated. I mean, he was awesome. Andrew Jackson. Where are you putting Andrew Jackson? We just did an Andrew Jackson show, shoot, last week, the week before. Andrew Jackson was a stud. But you get to the Civil War, that is, I mean, you've practically perfected some generalship there. And honestly, the amount of Southern generals on that list would make so many people uncomfortable. Stonewall Jackson's on that list. Stonewall Jackson is on the short list. Stonewall Jackson might be number one on that list of American generals. They are. And, and some people who are not who are more than just generals, probably genuinely terrible human beings like Nathan Bedford Forrest. I believe he either started the KKK or he was their first grand wizard. He was a first grand wizard, Chris. And I mean vicious, barbaric human being. Um that guy was a was a commanding general, maybe the best we've ever had. Sherman, on his march to Atlanta, wanted him dead so bad because Nathan Bedford Forrest made life hell for the Union. It's not the best dudes list. Nathan Bedford Forrest is on that list. It is. 
He is. All right, back to the – I forgot I, I never finished the short – am I too old to wear short dresses question? These questions actually are funny because it's so easily – it's so easy to be offensive. And, and there's so – you always have this war within yourself as a dude of what you enjoy versus what you would want your daughter to wear. It gets difficult. I want I want the old I want the old lady to look good. If 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 the wife came up to me within reason, I would probably say, hey, the shorter the better. Trim that bad boy down. I don't like looking as much as the next guy here. Dudes are visual creatures. But it gets really complicated when you think well what if what if i sent my daughter off to college and i see a picture of her online hanging out with a bunch of dudes in a dress with her butt cheeks hanging out the bottom how's that feel not good right not good not it's not doesn't feel good at all and then you bring that up and they were like well you're shaming them no it's just you have to be careful out there as a woman. And I lose sight of this because I'm big and I'm a dude. And it's easy to lose sight of that. Chris, Chris is like six feet tall at least. Chris is not walking around by himself. It would never go into his head. It would never go into my head. I'm, I'm aware of my surroundings. I know there are crazy people out there, but I'm not. I'm not a tempting target. If you're a scumbag wanting to mar- mug somebody, and believe me, I'm not telling you I'm the toughest guy on earth or something like that. You're just you're gonna look at me and think, ah, someone, someone easier will come along. Women aren't that way, and I can't possibly put myself in those shoes of not being able to, for the most part, don't write me. I took kickboxing, not being able to physically. Defend yourself against a man who wants to do you harm. And this is what I mean by this. I didn't mean to go off on this tangent, but I might as well have it out there. You see these stories all the time. Of You'll see them in college often of an accusation of, of rape in the players, the, the football players hotel room. How many times have you seen that story? And the story always goes, oh, we were out and we were partying and I, and I went up to his hotel room and he raped me. And I am not dismissing that disgusting crime at all. That's terrible. And I'm sure oftentimes it's true. I'm sure sometimes it's not. I'm not talking about that. I am talking about this, though. Did you think he wanted to go play cards with you? In his hotel room? What were you thinking? Don't throw yourself into dangerous situations like that. Be careful. And it goes back to the short dress question, which gets really complicated because you never want to be the guy of, ah, she, she, that happened to her because she was asking for it. Did you see how she's dressed? No, I think that's a stupid argument. Keep your hands off a woman no matter what. However, you do have to know 
there are scumbags out there, lots of them, and there always will be. You're never going to eliminate the scumbags from a society. Keep that in mind when you're throwing on the shirt that has or the, the dress that's got your butt cheeks hanging out. Something to consider. Well, men shouldn't. You're right. They shouldn't. Step out of that world. Join me in the real world. They do. Well, I shouldn't have to. Tough luck, child. Welcome to the real world. Maybe you shouldn't have to, but you do. Period. Was that sensitive enough, Chris? Definitely getting in trouble for that, right? You can email me, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. 877-377-4373. Let's scroll on through. Dr. Jesse, have you ever done a show on the Little Bighorn? You know, we did a long time ago, though, Chris. I probably need to rehash the old Little Bighorn again. What a great, great story. Uh, There's a great history podcast I would highly recommend if you can handle the accent. In fact, reach out to this guy, Chris. I want to get him on. The history podcast is called History on Fire. Now, I will tell you that he has since gone to some paid thing where you have to pay to get it, but he still has a laundry list of incredible history podcasts out there. His name is Daniele, Daniele Bellelli, I believe his name is. And when I say, if you can handle the accent, let, hear me out on this. If you're a history geek and you want more of this stuff, consume a lot of these. I'm going to start bringing these guys on more and more. I, I listen to all of them. He is Italian. And when you hear him, and I'm not saying that just to make fun of Italians, as you know I love to do. When you hear him, I mean very Italian. The accent takes a lot of getting used to. It's heavy. Maybe maybe give it a little longer than you normally would to give it a shot. You will get used to it. I, I'm not, I don't exactly have an ear for culture, Chris, or, and things like that. The, things like that would normally bother me is what I'm saying. But I loved the content so much, and I found myself getting used to it Go download a history on fire or two. And the reason I brought this up is he did. I'll have to. Gosh, it's been a long time since I listened to it. He did an incredible two, three, four part episode on the battle for the Black Hills, which is where the little bighorn happened. And it was phenomenal. He does great Indian stuff. If you're into Indian stuff, as you know, I am. Sitting Bull, Crazy Horse, all that. He does really, really, really good Indian stuff. Highly Highly recommend it. Dr. Jesse, what was your favorite part of the RNC convention? Well, I like when Christy Noem spoke, but... All right, that's a confession to make. Battlebox is the best subscription service I've ever had in my entire life. I know you've seen these subscription services out there. You know, this one will send you a new bottle of wine a month. This one will send you a new book. That's 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 fine. I'm not certainly not insulting any of those. Mine sends me hatchets and tarps and flashlights 
and various pieces of equipment that either help me enjoy nature more or will protect me during a natural disaster more or are just flat-out fun. They send you a new battle box every single month. They release a video for each new box so you can see what's coming and exactly how to use it. So it's not as if they just chuck it at you. You get it, and they send you how to use it. That's awesome. Go to BattleBox.com with no E. That's BattleBox.com with no E. Use the coupon code JESSE. That saves you 20%. Feeling a little stocky? Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly Show. My favorite part of the RNC was this. I didn't watch. I didn't watch. Is that terrible? Chris, does that make me a terrible person that I didn't watch it? I I love politics. As you know, I love politics. I do it I do it all the time. But there's a reason the first hour of my show is about history every single day and it's not only because I love history. Now, obviously, you know I do. I think it's fascinating. I think we can learn a lot from it. But I don't want to do politics all the time. That's why I have such a hard time being around Democrats. Democrats do politics all the time. Because it's their religion. They worship it. You can't, you've heard me tell you before, you can't walk in a neighborhood party and and if one of the few Democrats in the neighborhood shows up and says, hey, how's the kids? Oh, I see that new car. Did you see what Trump said? Oh, gosh, geez. I just want to, you know what? Never mind. What's that? Somebody's calling me out back. I'll I'll talk to you later. It It was nice. It was nice hanging out with you. I can't do it all the time. I don't want to do it all the time. And there are things about myself I know that are terrible. I get that. I've never claimed to be, You've never once heard me come on here and claim to be a good person. Ever. I, I know I'm a bad person. But I don't mind that I can compartmentalize my life. I like that part. So when I get home at night, having done three hours of radio and an hour of TV every day, When I get home at night, I don't want to do any more politics. Now, I'm going to catch up on it in the mornings. I have to be all caught up on everything for you. So I'm going to catch up on the video and who said what and who did this and who did that. And there are some things like the presidential debates. I'm going to watch those because you got to watch those. But. And somebody actually asked one of the Ask Dr. Jesse questions today was, will uh, will I do something live for the presidential debates? I'm not sure about that. We've talked about that for TV. Doing something live for the presidential debates gets difficult, and this is why. It's like watching a movie with a woman. I have to interrupt the entire time. I, I can't, you know, Trump says something and then Biden says something. 
And you're eventually going to want my analysis of it because that's the whole reason you want me to do it. But then you're missing the debate to hear me talk while I find that flattering. And I don't like that. I don't like that at all. All right. Somebody insulted Irish whiskey. That's not necessary. Someone said if you had to pick one weapon to protect your family, what would it be? Weapons are like tools. You need to think of weapons like tools. They have specific purposes. And now you weapon guys are going to roll your eyes at this because you already know all this, but weapons do different things at different ranges in different scenarios. I don't think I could pick one weapon. If I'm clearing out rooms in a house, I want a little sub. I want a little MP5, some sort of 9 or 10 millimeter that fires real, real fast, can put a nice little burst in somebody and keep moving along. If they're medium range, mid-range, Depends on how many I'm after. If there's one or two, probably an M4 is just fine for me. Maybe an AK-47 if you really feel like making a mess of things. Things get a little heavier, but again, you're going to get more of a recoil with it. If it's a whole platoon of them, maybe a 50 cal. Going to need to bring a mop for that one. It's just totally, it's, I, I never get married to one weapon. Dr. Jesse, would you support restructuring the GI Bill so vets can use the funds for building a business instead of attending college? Yes, it's an outstanding idea, and I'd highly, highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. It is time to acknowledge what college has become. On top of extremely left, I'm not even talking about that right now. On top of being extremely left, It's not worth the money lots of the time. Now, if you're going for something where a college degree is a barrier for you to get in, then obviously you have to go. You have no choice. Be really selective about where you send your kids to school, but you got to go. If not, what are you doing there? The product has never, ever, ever been worse, meaning the level of education you're getting out of it has never been worse. It's never been more expensive, and the job market's uncertain. So if the product's never been worse, and it's never been more expensive, why are you still doing it? That sounds like something that now has less value than it's ever had before. That's a complete waste of time. And this is where these people are learning these things. Have you seen the poll numbers about college-educated versus non-college-educated, how Trump's underwater with college-educated but non-college-educated he kills. And, of course, you get the simplistic, snooty, leftist point of view on that. See, it's all the stupid rubes that love Trump once you get an education. Education is a funny word. Sitting through a Nazi propaganda session as a member of the Hitler Youth was considered education. 
What are you being educated in? We open the show talking about the Japanese carving out their own guts, suicide, and things like that. Do you think that just got into their heads by osmosis, or do you think they were educated in that? Joseph Stalin. He didn't just decide to be a commie one day. Somebody educated him in that. What are you learning? But we get in love with what things used to be, or we get in love with the idea of a thing instead of the reality of a thing. The idea of, hey, my boy, you know, it's a proud moment for a parent. My boy's going off to college. I'm sending my baby girl off to college. I'm so proud of her. My boy got a college degree. Oh, look at her. She got a college degree. Sounds good. That's a notch on the belt. Pelts on the wall. Okay. Uh, how much How much debt does she have now at the age of 22 or 23? Oh, wow. 100 grand. Okay. Um, okay, well, that's fine. Uh, what kind of career is she walking into? Oh, she... She's moving back home while she looks for a job. Oh, okay. He's he's a hundred thousand in debt, and he's he's w- making what now? Fifty grand first year. Okay, well that that'll probably take a while to pay off. Because I don't I don't have this thing for tradition or traditions. I don't get in love with the concept of things, and so much of college now. It's just a concept. Just a concept. I'm looking at a headline right here. Colleges nationwide ask students to snitch on their friends for COVID noncompliance. Where do you think all these little monsters in the street learned how to be monsters? Hang on. Ebb sleep is pretty confident, you should say. That's about as mildly as I can put it. Let me let me explain to you. You know how great ebb sleep is. You know it provides natural sleep. Just calms down your racing thoughts, puts you asleep faster, and keeps you asleep. You know that. But ebb sleep knows it too because they let you try it risk-free for 60 nights. That is an absurd level of confidence in your product. And look, I'm here to tell you it works. It works. From not sleeping to sleeping is a transition I will remember my entire life, and I have Ebb Sleep to thank for that. Go try it. You don't have to feel tired all day long. You really don't. Go to tryeb.com slash jesse. That's tryebb.com slash jesse. Do not forget to enter the code jesse at checkout. That gets you 25 bucks off. Eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three, Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Before I forget, 
I need you to go to iTunes. You can listen to the show. The whole show is podcasted. You can listen to the whole thing on Google, iHeart, Spotify. But iTunes, I need you to go subscribe, leave a five-star review, and talk about how handsome I am. It's important. Very important, Chris. It's very, very, very important. Now, let's go see if we have any new reviews. Oh, we do. Palpable hubris. (laughs) That's the title. If you're in search of a podcast where a dilapidated figure feeds you news and opinions to merely tickle your ear, shuffle along, for your search has yet to conclude. Possibly for, but certainly not, not by, the unkempt. I don't know what any of that means, but it sounded really nice, and it's a five-star review, Chris. We read the good ones on the air, ladies and gentlemen. David, this person asked, Dr. Jesse, I'm a conservative, but do you feel Donald Trump is the right messenger for the Republican Party? I guess I don't view things in those terms. I want commies destroyed and government to shrink. That's what I want. I know that commies are not going to turn around and go back home and rethink their ways by lectures about the Constitution. I know they're not. You can do this thing where you hold on. That's against the First Amendment. These people don't care about that. These people want to burn America to the ground so they can remake it in their own way. You must understand that about them or all else is lost. They don't care that something is against the law. They don't care that it's unconstitutional. They don't care that it's hypocritical. Here's something else you're going to, it's going to be a bitter pill to swallow. They don't care that we, quote, can't afford it. People on the right think this is some great burn when Democrats get up there and say something like, Medicare for all. And people on the right is all, it's so dumb. That'll cost $90 trillion. One, the numbers for Democrat plans are so big that they become meaningless. That old Stalin quote, one death is a tragedy, a million is a statistic. It's a gross quote, but it is true. Things just, you get numb to it. You tell people 100 trillion, 20 trillion, 10 trillion, 5 trillion. These numbers don't mean anything anymore. That's one. Two, Democrats don't care that it's unaffordable. Well, but if they, if they do that, it's going to de- it's going to destroy the middle class. They want to destroy the middle class. Have you ever seen a socialist country with a middle class? No, you haven't. They want to destroy the middle class. But uh, if they do that, it's America's financial system's going to collapse. They want America's financial system to collapse. Threatening leftists with how damaging their policies are is like threatening them with a good time. It's like threatening to buy me a butt heavy. 
leftists, if you do this, you're going to destroy America. On the inside, they're thinking, yeah, America deserves it. Good. This is an evil place. Good. That's, that's awesome. Until you understand that about leftists, you will never be able to take them on. It's just a fact. It's an absolute fact. So back to Donald Trump. I don't view Trump as a conservative, and to his credit, he never claimed to be one. He's been awesome for a lot of the conservative things I care about. Judges, taxes, regulations especially. Very underrated how outstanding Trump has been for regulations. He came in right away. He's doing press conferences with the stacks of regulations sitting beside him, talking about how he's going to cut two for any one he puts in. Not an accident. Businesses blew up in a good way when Trump got in this. So he's been outstanding for a lot of conservative things I care about, but I don't hold Trump to some constitutional standard because Trump is not that way. He's a nationalist, populist Republican. He's unquestionably more of a big government Republican. But in case you think I'm insulting him, how's that different than any other Republican these days? And here's how I view Trump. Up until he lost his mind with coronavirus in the beginning and then finally got his head back on straight. And then lost his mind with the Black Lives Matter protests in the beginning, but got his head on straight. So pre all that Trump, Trump is an excellent crusher of leftists. And you can say, well, that doesn't make that doesn't mean he's a principled conservative. No, it doesn't. But back to what I've been talking about, understanding what leftists are and what it's going to take to defeat them. We are going to have to defeat them. And if you think there is a kind way to do that, you've got another thing coming. There's no kind way to negotiate with people who want to burn your house to the ground around you. You must simply stop them. You can't just, okay, we'll just burn the living room. Can you? Well, no, don't burn the whole house here. Just light the kids' rooms on fire and maybe the kitchen. Then we're good, right? We're negotiating. You can't negotiate with somebody who wants to destroy you. You can't. So if if the only thing you can say about Trump is he's an anti-liberal but not a conservative, I'll take it. I'll take it because the alternative it's terrifying. I, I understand. You hear me rail against Republicans all the time. I understand. I hear these things from people of, I'm tired of holding my nose and voting for somebody. Brother, me too. However, we do have to exist in this real world. Remember the, the woman short dresses talk we just had? We do have to exist in the world that is real. Not the one we want to be real. And in the world that is real, Donald Trump or Joe Biden are going to be president after November 3rd. Oh, but what about, no, 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 don't, don't, no, no. What about nothing? After November 3rd, 
the president of the United States of America will be Donald Trump or Joe Biden. You can do eight trillion think pieces on, well, that's not, it's, that sounds like a binary choice. Yes, it is. We have a two-party system in America. I don't like it. I wish we didn't, but we do as of now. And Donald Trump or Joe Biden are going to be president. But the Trump message, I think it has been good for the GOP. I think it is emboldened some. I do. I think it has shown people, too. It's shown these politicians you can be more in your face than you've been. You don't have to be nice to the people who hate you. You don't. You're allowed to fight back, and you're allowed to fight back very publicly. All right. Let's dig into some headlines. Hang on. Never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit adoptuskids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Part-time job, full-time hustle, all-time Shiro to all of us. You nurture, we listen. You teach, we thrive. You lift our spirits, but we've got to lay down the truth. It's time for you, our Shiro, to stretch for the stars. Start saving more for retirement now so you can feel prepared and live your life to the fullest. Get free tips to help boost your retirement savings now at aceyourretirement.org slash Shiro. A message brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. I don't think I've had a piece of fruit in a week. It's been one of those weeks where my diet just goes downhill, Chris. It's been tacos. Man, I love tacos. I have times here in Texas. I'm not going to lie to you. I have tacos three times a day. I'll wake up and have breakfast ones. And then I'll have lunch ones. And I'll have dinner ones. I've been told that I think it's the grocery store here. They sell kind of half-cooked tortillas. So you can take the tortilla home, you know, just warm up a frying pan and drop it right down and make your own tortillas. Oh, gosh, that sounds so good. You got to have the right salsa, though, with your breakfast taco. You got to have a green salsa or salsa verde if you're speaking Mexican. It's got to have a little, it's got, salsa has to be cold, too. One thing that's really weird, it's so funny, the different regional foods. Something I never noticed in Arizona, I never saw this in Arizona, although I'm sure it exists. I never saw it when I lived up in Dallas, is warm salsa. 
Warm salsa is disgusting, but you moved out of the Houston area. It's so common. It's everywhere down here. Chris said Verde should be cold. Red salsa needs to be hot. Totally false. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It all needs to be cold. Absolutely. I have that. Half the point of salsa is juxtaposing it with the meal. What I'm eating is hot. The salsa, it, it makes it nice that it's a little cold, but then adds some spicy heat to it. Anyway, Chris, quit distracting me. We have to get to the news today. I realize we have screwed off the entire show, really the entire week, and it's time to get down to some hard-hitting news before the show is over. Let us begin. Headline, NFL postpones the remainder of weekday games in support of protests against police shootings. Just to be clear, professional sports leagues are still postponing their own games in support of a man who had just been tased, disobeyed police orders, and reached for a knife. Headline, father of man killed inside Seattle's CHOP zone files $3 billion in claims against the city, county, and state. There are going to be so many lawsuits by the time we're done with this six-month period, year-long period, between the coronavirus absurd orders that wiped out livelihoods and these cities who essentially threw open the gates for the barbarians to come storming through their doors it is going to be lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit. You are going to see powerful entities, probably cities, flat out declare bankruptcy in the future. I guarantee it. Headline, Tesla driver crashes into cop car while watching a movie in autopilot mode. This is the reason I can't support the car autopilot thing. When's the last time your computer glitched out on you? It happens. When's the last time your phone glitched out on you? It happens, but my phone glitches out. I just have to do the little weird reset thing or take it in. My car glitches out, and now I have a 4,000-pound chunk of metal screaming down the highway, and someone's going to die. I just don't see. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think the technology's cool. I would rather have autopilot than have my wife drive, but uh, no. Headline, Virginia Senate passes a bill allowing assaulting a police officer to be a misdemeanor. We are radically heading different ways in this country. And again, I can foresee a scenario that has Democrats getting slaughtered at the ballot box this November because... Left, right, and middle, the majority of the United States of America does not hate cops. And yet the leftists are so consumed by the radical elements of their own base, they seem to think everybody hates cops. Now it's bizarre. Headline, PBS News, PBS reporter Yamachi, Yamichi Alcinder bla blasted for a tweet knocking Cawthorn for standing during the RNC remarks. Uh, Madison Cawthorn, I actually got to know him when I went to that fundraiser thing. Good kid, really good kid. He's He was partially paralyzed in a, a car accident, uses a wheelchair. He stood up during the, 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 the RNC convention, stood up for the American flag. 
There's nothing leftists hate more than the American flag. Nothing. Headline. Nancy Pelosi advocates for Joe Biden to not debate Trump. And who told you that was coming? Hmm. If you're in the Democrat, if you're the Democrats, you are in a very, very, very difficult spot. Your candidate is not fully functional. The candidate's everything in politics. You can't. You can't have him skip out on the debates. The American people, especially given the questions surrounding him, are going to demand seeing Joe Biden stand on stage for an hour and debate Donald Trump. They're going to demand it. At the same time, you cannot let that happen if you're the Democrats. Hang on. Gold Alliance is necessary now. You cannot, absolutely cannot, have all that money you've worked so hard for in risky stocks and bonds. You have to diversify. You know what gold is. You don't need me to tell you that. Gold has had value forever. It has value now. It will have value in the future. It just does. And you... You don't see everything the federal government is doing, the way they're printing out money, interest rates, inflation, 50 million people unemployed, business closures across the country. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to wake you up that at some point in time, and it could be tomorrow, it could be today, at some point in time, that bubble is going to burst. Go to goldalliance.com slash jesse. That's goldalliance.com slash jesse. Go there now. I'll keep going on the headlines, Chris. I'm not scared to. I'm not scared. I'll get it done. You know about Pelosi. You know that the Powell announces new Fed approach to inflation that could keep rates lower for longer. This is not going to go well at the end. Man accused of hate crime yelled, Black Lives Matter, before stabbing white victim. Hmm, can't imagine why you haven't heard that story yet. Headline, rioters tried to burn Seattle police alive, sealed the door during a fire at East Precinct. You mean demonizing police nationally comes with dangerous consequences? Boy, I had no idea. Headline, as violent riots break out, Democrat Nancy Pelosi labels Republicans as enemies of the state. Yes, I've accepted they think that about me. I think that about them. And that's just how it's going to be. Enjoy your weekend. That's all.
The Jesse Kelly Show. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a thousand at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. nwretention.com. That's nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has supported our nation's heroes and their families ever since. Heroes like Marine Corps Sergeant Adam Mayo. Mayo served our nation for over seven years before he was catastrophically injured during training. He was left paralyzed from the chest down, severely limiting his ability to move around his home independently. Tunnel to Towers paid Sergeant Mayo's mortgage, removing a financial burden for him and his family. The foundation gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his specific needs. Tunnel to Towers has already come to the aid of so many heroes and their families by providing mortgage-free homes. The foundation is also committed to eradicating veteran homelessness. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone. Testosterone fueled again. Maximize your masculinity today at choq.com. Use the code Jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life. Choq.com code Jesse. Limited time offer. Subscription cancelable at any time. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.